A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Kirby. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles. Okay, I'm going to let Sarah get right into this because we have a fabulous guest and she is super psyched to read her bio yes. for you guys. So okay. let's do it. So. Charlotte Joe is an esthetician, author, co-founder of K-Beauty Destination Soko Glam and skincare content site The Clog, and now the founder of Then I Met You, a direct-to-consumer skincare line focused on a meaningful experience and quality ingredients. It all started when Cho was an expat living in Seoul and discovered the world of Korean beauty and skincare after using the products and applying the Korean skincare first philosophy. She saw her skin and her confidence transform, and so she made it her mission to share those products and techniques with the U.S., despite the many people in the industry who doubted that anyone would care about unfamiliar Korean beauty brands. That's hilarious. I know. I love that. Okay. Um, back to the bio. Charlotte stayed the course and co-founded Soko Glam in 2012. She is known as being one of the major players responsible for bringing K-beauty to the masses, and everyone knows it. <laughs> because Charlotte was named Entrepreneur's 100 Powerful Women in 2019, Adweek's Trailblazer of the Year in 2019, Women's Wear Daily's 40 Under 40 in 2018, and she was also a bustle rule breaker, among other things. <laughs> she also authored The Little Book of Skincare and is currently working on her second book. Yay, Yay Charlotte! Charlotte! Welcome to Los Angeles. I am stoked to be here. Thank you You're so like much. You're like the busiest person we know. No. You just came back from Korea. You did an event last night, and you are here with us today. And looks glowing, glowing. Oh and gorgeous. Gosh, I'm lucky. Literally I'm... glass skin. No, really? Truly. Yeah. Uh, I would die for that skin, girl. I'm there's just some, telling there's you. There's some cushion compact on here. And there's a little bit of concealer. I looks can't so lie. natural. <laughs> yes, Love. it does. Okay, we're gonna have to get like the lowdown on what you're doing. <laughs> okay, Sarah, do you want to kick it off, or you, you want me? You, you Okay. Off, Since you just yes. gave her her grand entrance. Yeah. Okay. So we know how and why you started Soko Glam. We mm -hmm. don't want to harp on that because you've probably talked about it 800,000 times, <laughs> but it's been eight years now and you've not only managed to stay relevant, but you've launched another brand of your own. Can you talk a little bit about how you've managed to stay successful amidst all of the competition and what you are doing at Soko Glam to stay current and uh, innovative? Yeah. Yes. Great question. I know we are hitting our Soko Glam seven year anniversary oh, this wow. December seven, okay yeah so I, it's pretty long time you know longer than I ever thought because <laughs> um, when we first started Soko Glam it was just a side project side thing and we were just kind of it was a passion project it wasn't meant to be big business or anything like that and yeah. so um, definitely thankful to be here and um, excited to just constantly try to innovate and, and be kind of the first movers in everything that we do and so it all started with Soko Glam everyone told us that wasn't going to work out and no one believed in this idea but we stayed the course and we were able to start, you know, curating Korean beauty products and bring it to the masses in the U.S. And then we basically had the opportunity to continue to innovate, for example, the clog. Yeah. And that's one example of people saying, you know, you need to have less clicks to check out. So it doesn't make sense to build all of this content around these products and lead them away to a separate site. But we're like, you know what? 
when it comes to skincare, people need information. They will be loyal to the products that you recommend if you really do give them thoughtful information that's curated for their specific skin type and really help them get to the root of the condition. And then they will come back. And sometimes they won't. Look, it's not going to be perfect. Totally. So like, yeah, so you created this whole standalone content site that didn't like connect. I mean, you could click out to Soko Glam, but it wasn't like you discovered it through Soko Glam. Exactly. Well, well you used to live within Soko Glam, but we're like, wait a minute, there's so much information with skincare, as you know. It should be on its own. Yeah. and Which so, I'm sure a bunch of people were like, that's crazy. Yeah. They're like, why would you invest all yeah. the, the resources and time in that? Just just put some information on the PDP and put some information within like an e-commerce blog that typical totally. retailers were doing. Don't put it outside on another URL. Like you have to brand that. You have to do so much to get that running. And then what if they get distracted and go somewhere else and they don't click mm-hmm. to, and, and go through your checkout process because they're so distracted now with the really? content? We're like, but we're okay. We're willing to take that risk because at the end of the day, we skincare is such a wild beast of information and we need to have a lot more than we can like have on an actual e-commerce retail page. Totally. And I think that there are so many brands trying to follow suit and do this, but they're not, it, it's hard work. It's hard to run an editorial website yeah. that feels authentic to like what people actually want to read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because sometimes they're just doing it to cater to what the business goals are right. and not necessarily like, okay, as a consumer, what am I asking questions about with this product or this type of skin's care service? So. Right. And I think we've been able to stay innovative and be very customer-centric with Soko Glam because we don't have investors breathing down our backs saying, hey, why are you doing this? This is not making any sense. We don't agree with this, so therefore you can't do it. Because there is a lot of entrepreneurs out there that get roadblocks. Totally. They know in their gut and their heart they should go this way and they're telling they're being told what to do. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. give too much of your company away, it's just the natural course. Of course. Um, and so we were able to do the clog in that way and stay innovative in that way. And we were able to do, you know, little things like skin consultations, like that sort of stuff that we do over text, over chat. It's really hard to scale that actually. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of retailers don't offer that online, mm-hmm. even digitally. Yeah. And but we were able to kind of invest in that a lot of our inquiries that come to Soko Glam are actually skin focused. So actual recommendations they want for eye creams, for their age and their skin type. And if you think about a, a normal retailer, like would you ever email like Walmart yeah. or like any yeah. of these places yeah. that do sell beauty and totally. ask them like, tell me what to use. I need a five-step routine. Totally. Like over 50% of our inquiries are about that topic, mm-hmm. which is I think a unique relationship that we've built over the years and that trust in that community that we built. That's so so cool. that's been a great part of like our journey. And I think we, what I love about this, this whole space and my husband and I talk about this all the time. We're so excited that it's not just about K-beauty. K-beauty is definitely our entry waypoint into this, but we've affected just the skincare industry as a whole. So we always try to remain innovative. For example, Soko House over the summer, we had this huge two-story space, 2,500 square feet, which is a lot in, in, in New York. Yes. And we're like, what are we going to do with all the space? Well, we're going to bring our top curation. So, any customers that have rated our products four and a half stars and above were put into a space and we are la- we basically called it Soko House because we wanted people to go home with the products. Totally. And so it was a two-month experience, um, pretty long-term considering before then we only had weekend pop-ups. Mm-hmm. And we really allowed people to go through the entire experience of finding skincare products that are right for their skin and then they were able to test and experience it in their own skin-fitting rooms, which cool. we called Sogo Sanctuary. They had, oh, like, cute. sinks and everything, right? Yeah, so I think... Um, 
the whole idea was kind of a test. We weren't sure it was going to stick and we didn't know it, but it was, it was a great opportunity to say, hey, we don't like the way skincare retail is currently shaking out where you're in this like aisle and then you're just touching mm-hmm. the product and putting it in your hand and swatching it. Instead then, of actually applying it yeah, onto your face. I think that works for like maybe makeup because you're just seeing if it matches your skin tone and you could just put it on your lips. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to skincare, it's just... You need to wash your face. You need to have it all over your face. You need to let it sit there. And how do you know if it's going to be the right fit for you? And so Soko Sanctuary allows you to do that. That's so cool. And so it was really cool because 30% of our customers that walked through the door actually went into the Soko Sanctuary, which is such a high percentage considering you're going to have to take off your makeup. Or not everyone took off their makeup, but they went in there with friends. They Mm -hmm. They went solo. There's a lot of men in the experience. And so that really got us excited because... It, it, it really spoke to our community because I think we have a really skin like obsessed community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So them wanting to do that and experience that in real life was like just kind of testament to how, how um, skin obsessed our community is and how much they really do want to engage with the product in real life. I wonder how many more, you know, pop up experiences we'll see now where people totally like they're like basically mimicking exactly what you guys started and tested out to see like. Like, I don't think a lot of brands would go, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing for a two months. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, that's a huge investment. Mm -hmm. And B, thinking like, oh, yeah, we're going to ask people to actually test the products in real time because that's just not how it's been built. Totally. Like, we've been conditioned to just go into a store, test a texture on our hand or whatever, smell it. Yeah. And then buy it. And then if we don't like it, there's like a 30 day return policy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so it's really cool. And I just feel like we're probably going to see a lot more like, Oh, and you can come into our pop-up and like right. try the products on the spot. You know what I mean? It'll be really interesting. To and see I what love happens. that the curation was based on the ratings mm-hmm. that your customers gave. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's not just product that you maybe personally are trying your, you know, team is pushing, yeah. but it had to receive four and a half stars or yes. over. They're the, at the end of the day, they're the king yeah. <laughs> or queen. Yeah. And so, um, it's, it's, it was important for that part of the piece of Soko Glam's community to be injected to the in real life experience because yes, we are, we will literally discontinue products based on reviews. Mm-hmm. And we wanted people to know that we edited this selection on SokoGlam.com, but when you come in real life, we're even editing it even further and curating it even further so that you know that everyone else likes it too. Totally. Um, So after years of, you know, curating products from Korea, you decided to launch your own brand. Yes. Then I met you. But it's super different from other beauty brands in that your intention and purpose behind launching it was it more than just like having great skin, obviously that's always like, that's you know, table stakes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it was about the feeling behind it and the yeah. process and, um, a word called Jiong, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Say that again. Chung. 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 In Korean. <laughs> okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Chung and like how that related to skincare and like how you came to, you know, have that as be like a huge part of Then I Met You? Yeah, for sure. So actually when I started Soko Glam, about a year into that experience, people started asking me, when are you going to launch your online? That's like the clear next step. And I was like, wait a minute, just got started. I didn't even have my esthetician license at the time, never formulated products. I never even knew that world. So I was like, that's definitely something that's in the back of my head, but not something that I want to do any anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So that was so interesting to me that people felt that I needed to rush into it because people started almost pressuring me into doing that. But I took my time. I'm so glad I did because there's so much I learned from that five-year period. And then once 
around year five of the Sokolam journey, I started to want to create products because I dipped my toes into product formulation through collaboration with brands. Mm -hmm. That was so essential, you know, writing the book, getting feedback from people throughout the entire five years when it came to curation, that was super important. And now after five years, I felt very equipped and I was like, okay, I'm ready. And it's funny because once I started Then I Met You, I was like, whoa, this is the hardest experience I've ever had in my life. And how do people start it, you know, without this knowledge and experience? Yeah. It's like nerve wracking. And imagine how many people are yeah. launching <laughs> beauty brands with zero experience. Oh I know. It makes me so sad. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it is very nerve And I think there's a lot of pressure because there's a lot of expectations built up as sure. well. So maybe some of that was self-inflicted. But, yeah, I, I knew that. I wanted to create something that was different. And so I wanted to take time before, you know, really keep getting that concept together. And when I thought about my journey and how, you know, it was five years in the making, I was thinking, okay, I learned two things while, while I was in Korea. Number one was KPD and skincare for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what launched Soko Glam. But there's another thing that I learned in Korea that I loved, I absolutely loved about Korean culture, which was this concept of Chong. Okay. That's a deep emotional connection you could have with someone. And you could see it in the interactions people had with each other. I worked at, a, at Samsung and they taught me that term and I started to notice it. Once they'd explained it to me and they described it to me, it was hard for me to understand because it's a foreign word mm-hmm. and there's no direct English translation. But right. I started observing it in a lot of the culture and the relationships and the networks that were built. And so I said, that is so special. And I tried to use that cultural concept in my everyday personal life and professional life after I learned about it. And so I felt when I was living in Korea for five years, I took away those two things. And so I was like, this would be so cool if I could incorporate this foreign concept of Chong, this feeling and this emotional connection and infuse it into the brand that I met you because I feel like it would, it would project some positivity out into the world. So it's not just the physical, like taking care of your skin aspect that this line will also help contribute to, but also I will be able to talk about this concept in a, in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I fuse the two together. And that's why the name has like a sentimental ring to it. Like then I met you, it's supposed to signify a turning point in your life. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to make people think of something that's really important in a positive light. Like usually when you think of then I met you, it's like something may have been bad and then I met this you. person or thing changed your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. changed things around, and then now you're in a better place. Totally. It's so beautiful so, when you describe it that way. So when you are using those products in your routine, are you thinking about these things when you are you know, washing your face, applying your toner, applying the essence? I think the theme of that I might use is always to kind of go deeper in the things that matter, whether it's a skincare routine, whether it's relationships with your parents or your sibling or your best friend, even your dog. I think it's just meant to remind you because you need as many reminders to ground you what's meaningful in life. And I tend to forget that all the time. I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> Going 100 miles per hour, I'm like, yeah, I forget. Right. I've neglected my family for so long while I was doing Soko Glam, and I always felt like I had a reason, excuse. But you know, just hearing the name of the brand, and then just through all the the newsletters we put out or the messaging we put on social, it's like a daily reminder for me and the team, and you know, just trying to incorporate as much as possible. Because I think with all these distractions on social and everything, you just kind of need somebody to interject and be like, remember. Yeah. Remember how important that is? And that's what makes you happy. That's what's meaningful. Yeah. And so injecting into that has, has made me feel like this is far more purposeful than just skincare. Skincare is obviously very important to me. And it's table stakes that these products have to be effective. But what else can we do to bring positivity into the world? And is that why you also only launched with the two-step cleansing Well, two-step, yeah. Well, I started... I, with, first, I mean. Yeah, I think that was just me just getting my hands 
wet and really understand because I wanted to see the reaction of the two products and then understand what a community wanted before creating more. Um, and so, yeah, I did the double cleanse. I started with that because that's what really changed my skin. It was a nod to my journey. Mm. And then after that, um, I was ready to, to do the toner and the essence. And we had the only two products for a year. So that was, you know, my social media team wanted to kill me because yeah. <laughs> I was like two products <laughs> like every help, day. Help us. <laughs> So speaking of the products, um, we want to talk about the product development process. Yeah. This is something that Sarah and I are like inherently curious about. What are some of the myths and challenges behind product development? For example, many companies, which like we know, but I guess it's just one of yeah. those things that people don't talk about. Many companies will just white label existing formulas, yes. which I think... Which is why when I, I feel like learned. there's millions of products yeah. available, yes. correct? And I actually talked to Sarah about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I went somewhere and the person kept talking about how they sold out of their product online. And I was like, great, but like, I just have a feeling she didn't form, like she did not create this. Like she mm -hmm. just slapped her brand's mm -hmm. name on it, mm -hmm. which is very different. Right? Like, oh, yeah. I, I don't want to discredit yeah, that person, no. but also I think it's important to, I mean... To acknowledge. Yeah, yeah. right? So can we kind of dive into yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because unless you get into the product development process yourself, you'll notice that sometimes you'll try something and you'll be like, this is so similar to this other product. Totally. It, it might be that same product, but oh they just gosh. tweaked the concept ingredients slightly. So what what manufacturers tend to do this is in Korea or in Europe and US, it's, it's all kind of similar. Okay. They have like new launches and new innovations that they'll like kind of pitch out. And then they'll ask you like, oh, which one do you like? And then you'll be like, oh, I like this one. And then you just, if your brand is all about ginseng, let's say, yeah. you're like, okay, then all they do is add a little bit of ginseng to make it like ginseng-y, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but the texture's the same, the, right. the efficacy's the same, the hydration levels are the same. And, and, you know, it's fast. It's easy to just push it out. like, And then you put your branding on it, and then it's a different product. So I think of it like um, a platter. Like like uh, the labs or the companies are coming to each brand going, yes. we have these new yeah. innovations that are created. Like, do you want to take a pick of yeah. any of these little guys? And then you say, yeah, like this one and this one, and then we're going to throw ginseng in it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, or add whatever flavor. Yes, shot of flavor. Yeah, yeah. 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 To make and it... Which is so, it, might, it blows my mind, but we kind of got a taste of that when we went to Sephora and the inky list said like, yeah. oh, you're going to see this ingredient a lot because we're the ones that came up with yeah. it and like there's, it's not on the market right now, but then their lab was like, well, we'd like to start taking this out to other yeah. people. And they were like, well. They get really upset. Yeah. I, I get upset too. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, they can't do anything about it, but it's just, you know, they, they're like, we take pride that we were the first, but you know, yes. you're going to see this ingredient a lot more and it's because of those certain yeah. things. So it's really interesting to hear like how this process works. Yeah. And, and can you like talk about why you decided to take the harder route? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the Living Cleansing Balm, which is our hero product, we launched, that's part of the double cleanse. That one actually won five awards. And I think yes. it's been only a year and three months since we launched and we're really proud about that fact. And I know just from going through that experience and even breaking out in highs because I was so stressed <laughs> about it, 
it took a that long... was like when we had when we I saw you last year. Yeah, you were like breaking out in hives. Yeah. after like the major success <laughs> of this launch, oh my and I was gosh. like, "What is going success on?" Is so relative, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think um, the living cleansing one because I've been through that process, and everyone in Korea. Luckily, because I had the connections and they knew Soko Glam and they wanted to work with us, they were willing to give us the top R and D person in that in that um, at that company. They were willing to work with us closely. Um, they were willing to kind of deal with my constant requests and start from scratch. And they told me from the very beginning, this is not how it's done usually. Because I gave a list of ingredients I wanted. I knew exactly how I wanted it to be formulated. They just needed to make it a little stable. Where they had to give like suggestions on any like sort of alternative ingredients that you know weren't easily sourced or hard to get and there's a lot of different pieces to this that they kept saying wow this is normally you never see the r&d person face to face you're Mm -hmm. always going through salesperson wow and that salesperson might not be like a skincare expert you'll never get the hands-on kind of fresh batch kind of like experience where you're trying to innovate in terms of removing certain ingredients there it's just like you're usually picking from like a platter literally and so they got kind of annoyed after a while because I was constantly pressing them to change this and change that and improve this. And they're like, gosh, you don't understand how lucky you are right now or how much time we're investing. But after that, after that was all said and done, now they're super proud. And the R&D person's always checking our website, I heard. He told me that like to see the people's feedback and the reviews, because he feels like we've made something truly unique, something truly special. And then we have a lot of amazing reviews and awards and just customer feedback. Due to it, due to that, because you can't find anything like that on the market. I think the the standout piece of information, outside of it being like such a unique product, is that usually people are connecting with salespeople yeah. that don't know beauty. Yep. Holy moly. Because aren't they're so busy, they cannot possibly meet each individual brand founder or you know totally. brand. It's there needs to be like a gate. There has to be a gatekeeper, yeah. and I totally understand that. But it's just also insane to think like that a salesperson, because at the end of the day, it's their job to sell something that right. they're trying to help with their bottom line. So they're pushing maybe a specific ingredient mm-hmm. or a specific formulation based on you know maybe some kickbacks that they're getting. I I mean. I have so many thoughts about this. Is that this. how it's... trends start? Is that why we see a certain ingredient in so many products? So that... that's what I was going to ask you, actually, because yeah. I had heard this as well. Like, essentially, you, if they're, you're seeing a bunch of, you know, CBD or, or whatever like matcha. it is, matcha, yeah. it's because, like, it's like the platter situation. There's like a salesperson yes. that's like, okay, that's what we're selling. Yes. <laughs> And then, and then they kind of use that as leverage. So they'll be like, okay, so I'm just telling you right now that this brand and this brand are already coming out with like huge yes. products with this ingredient. And so then everybody else wants to hop on because they know that it's going to be like the one ingredient everyone is using. Is that yeah, how that works? It's, it is partly that. And also it's sad because, you know, we're really, because we spend so much time and effort trying to create a holy grail product for each product that we launch, we try to get it very ironclad where like you cannot share this formula, you cannot have any replicas, and we do NDAs and we do all these contracts, but at the end of the day, you can never go after them if they do replicate the formula, because as long as they tweak one little ingredient, it's a different formula. I want to make a website (laughs) where you just copy and paste the ingredients, or like you type in one ingredient and see how similar, it's like, okay. Or the formula. (laughs) No, truly, like it's like this ingredient listing because like they won't give you the formula but they'll tell you everything that's in the product yeah like, you have eight similar matches right with this ingredient 
And you're like, okay, so should I buy the one that's $22 or $57? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that would be so interesting to be able to look up and, and kind of, because there are like, totally. to our point that we talk about every single week, yeah. there's thousands of products at any given yeah, time. Yeah. There's yeah. some, there's a, well, that one Instagram account that does like a side-by-side comparison of like certain products that are like very similar to each other. And then <gasps> one, it's usually like one is like a splurge and one is like a more uh, like drugstore type or whatever. Interesting. And that always like blows my mind. And then I feel like Gothamista does a really good job yeah, of yeah. like breaking down ingredients and formulas and things. But yeah, I mean, it's, but like imagine like we are in the beauty industry yeah. and we are like very keen to all of yeah. this. But like imagine just being a regular consumer and yeah. not knowing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's just wild. It kind of is. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in shock a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, I knew this, but, you know, Charlotte's yeah. confirming it now. So. Yeah. And imagine like a brand that has to launch, let's say they have like a quota, they need to launch 20 products by next season. It's. Can you I ask? need that platter system almost. It's like, <laughs> right. Because you're like. It's going to dive deep and create unique formulas for each and every single SKU. It's going to take years to. Div- it. That's why sometimes when I see a founder or someone that's creating a line that you know they're very invested in their skincare product skincare like efficacy and they really have this community that they need to you know really make sure they're happy with the products that they create I trust that so much more because I know like they didn't just white label you know they have a criteria and a standard that they need to uphold and so I'll trust that more than maybe even a big large conglomerate this is the maybe the dumbest question ever but like why would you have a 20 product quota well, that's that's normal I feel like large brands in the past had uh-huh. like okay this is our spring collection they'll have like 20 products launching at totally. one time totally like for skincare yeah especially okay now I, it's changed I was gonna but, say like I feel like makeup I see that obviously oh yeah like, launches makeup launches every year I'm like do we need 87 palettes right but makeup is even less innovative in the sense that like there's not much innovation you do to like powders totally. so it's really just changing the pigment slightly to make different colors wow that one is, yeah, it's really um, pretty standard. That is so wild. Charlotte Cho's just dropping knowledge <sighs> dropping from the Los truth Angeles. Bombs. It's a dirty little secret, <laughs> I think, of the beauty industry. I know. So, and it's really, and I literally came from Korea, and one of the biggest like meetings I had, because we're making more Timmy products. Uh-huh. They were, oh, are you? <laughs> they were getting upset with us because we're taking too long. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they were, you know, because this is a time. Yeah, we're spending. This is a new partnership so the other company knows us (laughs) yeah in our style yeah and this company is like really aggravated because they're like this is just ridiculous that it's taking this long and it's like in my head of like dude you don't even know how long the cleansing ball took (laughs) if you're complaining now you have you know so just like you know yeah (laughs) get ready but then they get all excited after like wins awards and then they're like oh okay you know and then you know they see it it should be refreshing to them that someone actually cares to take the time they're very to create these products. The, the creative beauty industry is so. It's not just the brands that like have taken off because of this whole yeah. worldwide KBD craze. A lot of the products are now being made in Korea, mm-hmm. so they're they're strapped now. Yeah. They have a lot of requests inbound coming from European brands, American brands. They're all making it in Korea now because all the innovation technology is there. Totally. So they're like, oh well, well this brand is like much larger mm-hmm. and they have a lot of huge order volume so they're going to focus on those and they're like and they're easier because they don't even care they're just like yeah. yeah we'll take that one and just add some ginseng <laughs> what, is, what is that like i mean because you you know obviously you were in korea you saw the korean beauty you know landscape that was already successful there and then obviously you brought it here to the united states and then to have just seen it explode oh, the yeah. way that it has over the last so decade fast. 
can you ex- yeah. she like talk to us about a little bit about like what it, what it looks like when you are there like for meetings now and like just seeing how many different brands are now having their products made in Korea? Yeah. So I remember when I had to beg brands to let me carry them officially. In the beginning, it was yeah. very Etsy shop-like where I would just buy the products in the stores on sale. And sometimes it would just have to be regular price yeah. because I just really wanted that product on the site. And then after that, it developed into... I finally got in contact with the brands because they noticed us mm. and the the press we were receiving and the community engagement. So they finally, I would be begging them to let us carry them products, and then finally they did. They're happy, and then you know our reputation grew in Korea, where people were like, "Go to Soko Glam because they have a really great voice and they talk about products in a very meaningful way, and they really educate their customers." So that transitioned, and now it's to the point where we're just getting so many inbounds, and then we're curating and we're rejecting most of the brands that come our way. Wow! And so that you know, it's it's been kind of cool to see that transition but now yeah it's been explosive from that point 20 in 2012 to now where it's like everything's made in korea so that line of what is kbd is being blurred because like well everything it's actually made <laughs> yeah. all in korean everything's being made there so yeah okay beauty no it's not that's crazy and you know just even when it comes to trends um korean beauty trends are also i think people always ask because for so many years it was like well, and there's cushion comebacks, and whoa, there's this and that. But now, if you look at the trends, it's really about fine-tuning the perspective of certain, you know, existing trends. Like, okay. I, like if we talk about, if, if you're asking me for, like, a crazy, like, innovative trend that everyone's into right now, I wouldn't be able to say something that's very, like, Instagrammable. Mm-hmm. It's very detail-oriented. For example, they're really into acids now. Mm. Okay. But, you know, that's a very Western yeah. thing. Like, come on, 8% glycolic, you know, totally. all of the trending brands like Drug Elephant, they have such a high percentage of acids. But in Korea, they're very gentle with their approach mm. and they'll use mainly PHAs or they'll use such a small percentage. And they're more about incremental changes to the skin with daily maintenance versus like, bam, totally. like, right. huge, like crazy peeling sensation and irritation, you know, yeah. sometimes at least irritation. Some people, it, you know, they do really well with those types of acids, but they have a very different approach to it. Yeah. And their thoughtfulness behind that is just coming from a different mindset when it comes to skincare. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. it's. I mean, PHAs are going to be huge totally. in 2020. I feel like, although acids are, have been popular here forever, mm-hmm. like the more gentler approach is also going to take over yeah. in the yeah. United States. So. Everyone's face is burning. Yeah, yeah. everyone's <laughs> like, my skin is gone. So can you help restore yeah. that? <laughs> is this, is this vicious cycle? Yeah. Even I was listening to your earlier podcast about the Coastrex pimple patch they're using. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like that is, is even a different approach and mindset on the different format you can use in skincare to have a gentler approach, approach to acne. Totally. Like that doesn't have any ingredients on it, actually. Right. It's literally a hydrocolloid patch. Yeah, that you bandage. Cu- yeah. Yeah. Versus like, let me attack with benzoyl peroxide. Totally. So that, and you just like delivery systems, like for cushion or for a sunscreen, is it a stick or is it in a cushion yeah. or for a, for cleansing, is it in a stick? You know, yeah. is it more travel friendly or is it more effective? You know, they are just a little more innovative in that thoughtful process of like, how can we change and innovate those little tweaks and yeah, to the product. guys, you've probably heard the term microbiome by now, and you'll be hearing even more about it this year when it comes to your skin's health. So think of it this way. The microbiome is a community of microorganisms, both good and bad, found inside your body and on your skin. And just like your gut, your skin needs a diverse community of bacteria in order to stay balanced and healthy. An unbalanced microbiome can negatively affect your skin barrier, leading to inflammation, flare-ups, breakouts, and itching. 
Thanks to new technology, scientists now have a better understanding of how skincare formulas can impact the microbiome. For instance, prebiotic ingredients are actually food for probiotics, helping them grow and create healthy environment on the skin. So try using a moisturizer with prebiotic oat like Aveeno Daily Moisturizing Lotion. Or if your skin needs a little extra care, try the Aveeno Skin Relief or Eczema Therapy products, which can actually help restore an unbalanced microbiome to a healthier state. And the best part, you can get them all at Target. Okay, so you have obviously created an incredible community with Soko Glam, and now that I met you, or as you call it, Timmy. <laughs> yes, little Timmy. For sure. <laughs> we love little Timmy. Timmy Chalamet. Timmy. Oh, Just kidding. Oh, Timmy Chalamet. <laughs> you guys should do a collab. Oh my Timmy God. Timmy for Timmy. Sarah's obsession yeah, with Timothy okay. Chalamet. Like Continue. Sorry, Kirby. <laughs> okay, so you've grown it organically, and you haven't spent any money on advertising. That is completely bonkers. Yeah. How did I, you do it? Well, Soko Glam, I truly believe the reason why Soko Glam is an amazing community right now is because we originated from a very like non-digital marketing, like ad advertising spend approach. It was very like, I'm a girl that just lived in Korea for five years. Here are these products I love and let me help you put a, a routine together and let me help you change your skin. That cultivated this like very genuine, authentic community. And I know you, those words are tossed around a lot, but literally because we had no money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, we literally grew like in a, a, a very, very like natural way. And so that is largely how word of mouth people heard about Soko Glam yeah. and that created an amazing community. And then we want to take the same approach with That I Met You. Also because we didn't raise money to launch this brand. So it's not like we had like a bunch of money to spend in that department, but we're like, you know what? That's the best way. I know it's very, like for example, right now, Soko Glam, we do do ads for Soko Glam. Yeah. But we knew that in order to create a, a community that really loved our brands and talked about it in a meaningful way to their friends, It wouldn't. It, we can't hit it with a bunch of ads. We yeah. can't like run a subway ad campaign and then get a bunch of followers but then have no one interact with us. Totally. And so it's a very like long journey and, and it's kind of, it's, it's very daunting because mm -hmm. it is so hard now on social to like cut through the noise and, oh and really stand out. Yeah, especially for brands. Like, yeah. I mean, I... There's a million brands launching every day. Totally. <laughs> and just like from a personal standpoint, I feel like, my Instagram, I'm like, do does anybody I follow even see my photos? Like, oh, I yeah. have no clue. Like, at any given anyone time. out there? I'm like, yeah, hello. I and you have like a like a pretty big following, so yeah. it's like it where, honestly where boggles are, my mind though. Like, I feel like I have to strategize, which is so annoying. And it I takes use it as like my diary. Yeah, I just want it, it to be it a diary of stuff. But I I want to talk to Instagram because I want to be like. What's the point of me posting stuff to share with people I care about when they're not even going to see it? Yeah, like yeah. one of my best friends that follows me, I like one day I went through and she liked like 40 of my photos. I'm like, did you unfollow me or something? And she goes, no, I just don't see your photos as they pop up. I see your Instagram stories all the time, but yeah. I never see your photos. Yeah. And so I can't imagine for some, like a brand yeah. especially where it's 100 times harder for you guys because I feel like Instagram especially for brands they're like oh they're a brand so if we want right. if they want people to see stuff they need to pay for the advertising mm -hmm. for people to see it it's so frustrating yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a harder journey trust me it's very frustrating because like it's like a blue light you're as a brand you're just like oh but if we just pulled that lever you know mm. maybe we'll have like a lot more engagement or a lot more likes or followers but you know we've didn't spend a cent on that and we've been just been able to really have meaningful conversations honestly with our community that loves our products and hopefully hopefully because the products speak for themselves people gravitate towards following us and engaging with us but I think it's because we have 
really, you know, we, we approach things very differently. The concept of Chong, people actually really like. They, someone I met yesterday at the event I had at Things We Do said, you know, what I really like about that I met you is that you're, I don't know that this is even possible, but I think of your brand as being very kind. Mm. And so I was like, oh, that's that emotional connection so that is really, yeah, really hard to, I think, create. But I guess people see us in that light. And um, I'm happy to to kind of be known for that. I'd, yeah. I'd love that we can differentiate in that way. And um, I think that also our brand is very aesthetic. It has this periwinkle blue that everyone recognizes now. And so people want to take photos um, of our products and they are so talented. Like the amount of art that comes out of that, just like in their homes, mm-hmm. their lighting and the, uh, everything. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, dude, that's better people than what so we creative. can. Yeah, mm-hmm. than what we can do sometimes. You know, I'm just like really floored. Totally. And so just u- utilizing that has been has been really great because we're also showcasing their art and they're really excited when they get reposted. I know that's nothing new. I mean, people get excited all the time when they get reposted. Now everyone wants like a, a high follower count, but um, I think we really are um, highlighting artists yeah. in that way because they're utilizing our our products as props yeah yeah so it's it's becoming like a a thing and so I'm, I'm really excited about that to engage with our community in the most organic way possible do you guys have a Facebook group we don't oh my gosh you would you guys would kill it on Facebook I'm telling you right really? now we have one and oh people have been neglecting constantly that. <laughs> constantly looking for skincare advice but also communicating oh, in, yeah. um, with each other and giving each other tips like we don't we will chime in every once in a while like I'm like oh yeah the Facebook group and I go in there and it's self-sustaining oh, yeah. like yeah. they are yeah. talking it's like a reddit a yes, nicer reddit totally it's a nicer reddit they're all like lovely charismatic so kind positive people. okay but what I'm what I was gonna say is especially for you and like what you're doing like building this community like the clog should have Aww. its own Facebook group. So like make a Facebook page. Oh, like, make thank Facebook you. Group. I'll take the advice. I will be a moderator. <laughs> and then, um, oh, yeah. like, you could have like guest yeah. moderators. Yes. Actually, someone on the marketing team for Silkman mentioned this. So I'm, I'm trying to look into this again. Yeah. This is the second time I've heard this. It's a dumpster fire. I'll just put it out there. But the groups are what is saving Facebook because it's oh. a bunch of like-minded people. Like, I never Similar get on my interest. own Facebook page. I just get on to connect with people that are following me and then the Los Angeles Facebook, totally. Facebook page. And mm. when we were, uh, I was talking to Patrick, the other, her, her boyfriend who works it like for the ringer in social media, he knows like so much. He was talking about, he was like, haven't you noticed there's been so many more ads for Facebook groups? And I was like, totally <gasps> like that, like Corgi dog beach meetup yes. ad. And I was like, it's because it is so successful. Yeah, yeah. it really is. I have to admit, I, I do avoid Facebook personally because of just all the news. Same, and just yeah. Like, I think that's why I'm like, I don't even, it's not even part of my consideration set sometimes, but I do have to revisit. You yeah. know, if there's goodness that comes out of it, it's probably the totally. groups. My, my biggest criticism of it would be that it would allow me just to sign on specifically to the group oh. and not have to see anything else yeah. like on my newsfeed right. because... I don't want to see a lot of that noise. Yeah. Like, let's be real. No, I'm um, trying to sell you some. I don't need some sense. unique mascara. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yes, that's my business proposal for you. Yes. Okay. Start t- the Facebook thank group. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I'm with the like, beauty experts here. Yeah. No, no, seriously. Um, yeah. But you will. You guys yeah. will have a heyday. It'll be so much fun. Okay. So I, I want to bring it back to K-Beauty for a second. So I think that a lot of people still associate K-Beauty with like 
10 or 12 step routine. Is that still something that you or like people in Korea are doing? No one has time, right? Anymore to do that? (laughs) Or like what, what's like the modern K-beauty routine? They don't have the budget? Yeah, maybe they don't have the budget. Do you know the backstory behind the 10 step skincare routine? No. I told you this. Tell me. I don't know. It's been so long. Yeah. So I did coin the, the phrase the Korean 10 step skincare routine. And actually when we oh, first yes. started with Soko Glam, I was having a meeting with Elle and they wanted to talk about, I told them it's crazy when you go to Korea, they have like a vanity filled with skincare products. But me, I had like a moisturizer and a bar of soap. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, it's like 10 different steps. And so she's like, oh, break it down for me. What are the different products that you could use in your routine? So where would you start? How would you start double cleanse? And then how does it end? So people know how to incorporate the steps in the routine. And then it became a thing where it's like, the article was published as, this is a 10-step skincare routine. Mm. This is a Korean 10-skincare routine. So my intention was never to say like, yeah. you must use every product. Oh my gosh. How could you use a sheet mask every day, morning, and night? That's like ridiculous. Totally. And if you still Google like Korean beauty routine, 10-step, like, Charlotte's L article, like they, that must be their highest traffic driver. They did say for that year was. Because they also have updated recently because they have to. Everyone is updating their SEO stories. But like, that just blows my mind. But I mean, it honestly, there are people out there that do do that. And a sheet mask every day and they don't break out. I mean, honestly, in Korea, sheet masks are like, that is a daily thing. A lot of people call it one pack one day and they show that like how much hydration can help your skin in that format. Oh, I would do a sheet mask day and night. But do you have time? Yeah, you might not have time. I work from home now, Sarah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Just telling you. All right. Life is grand on this side of the tracks. (laughs) But I mean, when you literally layer your skin with that much moisture, you will see results. And so whether you do eight steps, 10 steps, five steps, like really, I do believe in the idea of layering and the impact that it could have in your skin, especially when you like don't use any product and then suddenly you do give your skin that moisture. It, you'll, you're going to glow. Especially and living out here in LA. Yeah. So dry. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that for me, for example, this morning I did like six steps, you know, so that is not the 10 step, but everyone assumes that because of the ten, me coining that yeah. phrase, I, I use 10 step. No, I don't have time for a sheet mask every day. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then if you go to Korea, there's people with really extensive routines and there's people with like minimal routines. So yeah. you can't just blanket statement it. But totally. let's skip to that question. What are you u- currently using right now Ooh. for your six steps? So the, the Timmy double cleanse. Okay, so I am using the four steps from Timmy. So the oil cleanser, the living cleansing balm, then the soothing tea cleansing gel. And then after that, I go into toning. So the toner is the birch milk refining toner. That is a game changer for my hormonal acne. Ooh, okay. So I dealt with hormone acne since I was uh, age 30. It wow. hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like a switch that went on and I tried everything. That's when I started curating Costarex because I was super interested in finding something to treat my pimples. And then um, I kind of gave up after four years. I was like, it's never going to go away. There's always going to be a blemish on my chin. And when I was creating the toner, I really meant for it to refine, just like buff out fine lines uh-huh. and help me re- like kind of maintain my pores yeah but what it did was it actually help my acne this is like no joke like I never expected it and never planned and it helped me so much with that that I talk about it in the marketing for the toner but I'm like I never promise it because hormonal acne that's like a huge beast such a personal you, thing too yeah totally. it's like there's internal, so many factors it's genetics it's stress it's, there's so much so for me it worked out but 
a lot of people have been reporting back now that we've launched for three months that it's helped with reduce like bumps. It's helped reduce some of their breakouts. Mm -hmm. Some people have shown yesterday at the event, they showed me before and after pictures because they started using it and they're like, it helped me so much with my hormone acne too. But some people said it didn't work. Yeah. So right. it's like kind of a crapshoot, but I do believe it, it leans more towards, it does help with maintaining your pores and cleaning that out so that you could get the best like complexion you can get with that. It's totally. a 1%. Um, chemical exfoliant toner that you could use every day so that mm. and then I have the giving essence so I've been using that consistently because I also want to be experiencing as long as possible I could give the right advice for people that are using um, the products and then I used um, an eye cream and so that I'm, I'm using the Ellen Cilia eye cream that won the best of KPD award from Soko Glam okay. it's nice balmy texture it looks good under makeup doesn't like melt with my makeup or anything like that so that's a, a game changer and then I have a moisturizer moisturizer I can't reveal what I'm <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh girl, that's more tessive keep tabs on, <laughs> on that is something that I'm working on for Timmy so that I can't really share details on but um and then sunscreen so I guess it was seven okay seven. what's your favorite sunscreen um I have two the Neogen daylight sunscreen yep. which is the one that I have you the one with the blue cap? Yeah, or the, the one cap? with the the gold? Oh, the gold one. Sorry, yeah, yeah. the gold one. Wait, are you using it? Too? No, oh, oh, no, I am. I, no, yeah, I, that's exactly like one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm I literally only use sunscreen that Charlotte uses yeah. and tells me to use. That one is amazing. It's yeah. like our bestseller, and it's it's yeah, it won awards. It's it's so good. And then um, also the Thank You Farmer sunscreen. Oh yeah, Thank You, you Farmer. Do you like I, have you heard of this brand? No. They. I remember because I did a video on this peel off like a primer that you would put on and you peel it off and you would peel it off and it was supposed to be like a protective layer between your skin and your makeup it was really interesting but that's how I learned about the brand thank you farmer oh. because I, I think I think the name is so funny I know <laughs> like, thank you farmer <laughs> well it's very like farm to face kind of yeah they're trying to go for that yeah but I, I have um I have a few of their products at home I got I somebody sent them to me and I don't know who, but I like to look I need into to start reincorporating them where can, can, can we buy it on no, yeah we, I'll, I'll send you guys the the sunscreen it's Thank a good uh, one how much how, what's the spf is it 50 50 yeah yeah it's pretty okay okay it's a good one I want to ask one more question what is the most underrated Korean beauty product, in your opinion? Oh man, the Cushion Compact. I do use the Cushion Compact. No, that every was day. me. That was Sarah, just chiming in, not knowing anything. I do love the Cushion. You Compact. You know, it's every Korean girl has a Cushion Compact in their vanity. It's it's you go to a cafe, people are. It's just like a staple, but mm -hmm. I noticed it just didn't really take off that much in in the U.S. Yeah, that's so is, weird. It's, it's like it's not, my favorite thing ever, and because it achieves like Shara is saying that she's wearing it right now, yeah. but it doesn't look like you're wearing any makeup. It's no, and your skin looks yeah. skin is flawless. just very dewy and it's, flawless. It's because like it doesn't give that much coverage, and I I can understand because as I'm getting older, I have more pronounced like dark spots and sunspots, and so like I will be like, hmm, it didn't really cover it as well as it did before because now I have different yeah. skin concerns. Totally. So I think that's what prevents people from liking it. I also noticed that I like how it looks on me day to day, but then if I go anywhere that I need to be photographed, yeah. it doesn't look good it in It looks photographs. a little just shiny. Yeah. 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 It's so, more of like a everyday. I yes. mean, that's that's typical though with all different types of yeah. makeup right. in my opinion. Right, right, you right. You know, like the on-camera makeup looks great on YouTube and in like, you know, photos, yeah. but then you get in, in real, real life, life and you're like, like why yes. are you wearing a mask of makeup? You <laughs> yeah. know? Like it's different. Yeah. Right. It's so funny. A lot of Korean 
women are loving Western makeup trends. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's like coming full circle. What? Yeah, so it's like the Instagram. Yes, they, the contour. They love the contour. What? Yeah. <laughs> They that love. They're very, freaking, I guess, influenced by Kim Kardashian. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, when I go to are. Korean um, makeup shops in Korea, I was just there like literally 20, like thirty six hours ago. But <laughs> that's crazy. And I would observe every time I went to a store, a lot of the women were on the makeup section. Wow. And they were like, and there's a lot of makeup brands coming into Korea now. It's like they just launched a Sephora recently. Yeah. Oh wow! So I didn't realize that. They, it was like a month ago where they launched a Sephora, and they were opening up two more. Oh God, and so they have a lot of brands like Urban Decay and Huda Beauty and all of the stuff that normally they wouldn't have and they're all That's like there so crazy and they're just they're really into the bright Wait, red I, lips and like the this i have a question so obviously like plastic surgery is really big in korea what people are asking for has that changed oh, and yeah. like been influenced by western beauty standards oh i think they're more into the subtle stuff okay i think still, before okay. they were just like oh like a high bridge like a roman nose you know? yeah yeah and then now, like if you see like miss korea's from like 1980s like they're just really trying to replicate like more of a western yeah. look mm-hmm. but i think now it's just more subtle like have you heard of threading yes oh yes, yes. like vanessa i'm like fascinated by those posts Yes! Okay, because we're doing an episode on <laughs> this. We're doing a whole episode on this. But like, everyone's been doing threading, threading in Korea. It's for, not eyebrow threading, by the way. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. talking about the threads. threads. So they're um, they're sutures. They're sugar sutures with these little cones on them. And I mean, I actually talked to um, my eyelash oh. girl. So she and I talked to Vanessa about this too because yeah. Vanessa does it for the lip, so it can lift your lip yeah. without plumping it. Basically, threads are a better form of filler. Mm-hmm. You. Filler makes your face bigger. And so a lot of times what women will do is say, I feel like I have jowls or I need a lift. I want my eyebrows lifted. And so they'll inject filler like up at your temples to lift your eyebrows. They'll inject um, Mm -hmm. more filler in your cheeks to make you super huge and bloated looking. And it just (laughs) makes you look crazy. Yeah, Sorry if you are overdoing it, but you will look crazy. And so a lot of your favorite actresses have threads. If they look good and they're older... They probably have threads. I'm it's just, genius. I'm not yeah. trying to be an and asshole here, but truly. After a yeah. while. They dissolve after a yes. year and a half. So the one thing that I was the most scared about though, because I'm like, I want to try this. Why you not? You should so that we can talk about it. But do you see, okay, so if you get on Instagram, no, you can it's see scar- people yeah, no. doing it and it's terrifying. To, but like, if you're my, scared of needles, it's like, not good. my no, it's eyelash not good. girl though said she was 100% awake when it happened. She didn't feel anything. They All put she a did little bit of was, numbing, right? Yeah, yeah. And that she just felt a little tug with the lift, but she looks amazing. Yeah. Like it's so subtle, you and people swim your like jawline. Yeah. Yep, it's yeah. almost you like can even, it, you can even help neck. You. Yeah, you can, um, the doctor that we're going. To- Are you pointing to your vagina? <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> I, I'm patting my knees. I'm patting my knees. The doctor that I spoke to about this because there's only one FDA approved in the United States. It's called the Silhouette Insta Lift. Okay. Which, you sh- if you're going to do this, it should be FDA approved. Yeah. But yeah. they have been putting it in women's knees yeah. to lift ooh, ooh, their knees ooh, ooh. so that they don't have saggy knees. That is that is next level. That is, that is, that is that so is smart. Beverly Hills wives. That is like, like, just looking for like, like a new treatment. Totally. It's like the neck, the hands, and the kneecaps are your most telltale signs. Totally. I think. Yeah, so I'm I didn't even think that. about my um, knees. Maybe you have nice knees, but I'm noticing that. My, <laughs> like, what is, you no. have like little tiny legs no, and no. knees. For me, I'm I have, like, I want a new lift. It's not good. Um, we have bad is, knees as Capricorn. We you know, get threading technique. <laughs> I talked to Vanessa about it yesterday. What did she say? She said number one that she described the pain as like, like you're plucking your eyebrow hairs. Yeah. So that's not too bad. No. no. And then um, she did mention that you know threading actually originated from Asia. Yeah. Yes. So I'm I'm curious to know about that brand you mentioned is only FDA approved in the U.S. But she said the threads she gets 
for her clinic are Korean. So okay, well, because that's, they've been doing it. Because yeah, I have friends whose sisters, yeah, aunts travel to Korea to, yes. to get everything done. Medical tourism huge. But there. then, yeah. Oh my God. I've like my sister wants to go on one for her fiftieth birthday. Well, she wants to go on a medical tour. <laughs> Korea. I was like, I'll Dude, come with you. Can it's, I come with? Yeah, it's I will super, do that. Like they will put. It's like specifically for. Oh no, put, I looked this up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so like when I was looking into threads, I'm like, do I do? We this? should go and cover it. And like, then we. Then I obviously saw Korea was the place, and like you get put yeah. up in this like nice spa yeah. situation, yes. and they take such great care of you. When you're talking about like the FDA approval and stuff, so the one that I am talking about originated in Europe. And okay. so they've been there. It's Sinclair and they've been in Europe for like years okay. at this point. Okay. And then they finally brought it to the United States and got it FDA approved. Yeah. Okay. So that's like a real, it's so interesting, but there's so many different versions yeah, of it, but yeah. they're sugar sutures. All I would say is make sure you have, you're going to someone that has done this a lot, yes. several yes. times. Yes. Cause yes. you don't want any weird pinched yeah. nerves but or there's anything always like that. Risks, right? Totally. In, with any kind of cert, uh, invasive, I, is this considered invasive? This well, is, that's my question. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like semi-invasive. Yeah, but I you're know. Awake. Yeah, they're yeah. not putting you down or anything. And you're not no, cutting under. You. Not I think they would yeah. have to. I asked the doctor who will be on this podcast. I was like, "Do you give people laughing gas? Because like, I feel like I would need to be sedated." Yeah. yeah and he I'm was sure. like, "For some people that are nervous, I'll give them like a little bit to take the edge off." Well, yeah. I was talking to Shawnee about it because she, yeah. you know, um, and she was like, "You can't have like a mirror in front of you and watch yourself do no. it. You just need to like just let it. You happen. let it happen yeah. and then look after but you want." Charlotte's but. talking about Vanessa at the things we do, yes. and she will post on her Instagram stories like videos it needs to have does it have the like this content me well she doesn't usually post it on her feed Okay. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. That's her Instagram right. story, you can go and see. Because I have stumbled on it one, like a few times, and I'm like, I can't. No. I feel no like the I best beauty treatments originate from like it was meant for a medical thing. Yeah. And yeah. then it became a beauty treatment. For example, like BB cream was originated because they used to prescribe that for people who had surgery. Yeah. And then they wanted to give like a like a, a balm that was moisturizing, hydrating for that area to improve in texture and also like oh. feel. But they also wanted a little bit of coverage because there was a scar. So that ended up being on people's faces as regular makeup. And then the, even the pimple patches, like yeah. that was actually meant to just be a Band-Aid totally. or even like little minor stitches. Yeah. And so then, but then they use it as a pimple patch now. Yeah. And so Crazy. now I think even like the sugar sutures, it was meant for like, I heard that uh, Vanessa was mentioning this yesterday in the panel that doctors use sugar sutures to help with like kids that needed heart valve surgery, like yes. tiny, tiny hearts that are very delicate. And the only thing that would really work is sugar sutures. So now we're using it for our faces. You know, so <laughs> like I think that's actually best. clinically yeah. proven to stimulate collagen yes, production, exactly. which is like the yeah. crazy part. Yeah. So anyways, wow. um, Charlotte's going to join us for the next <laughs> yes. episode on Threads. I, no, I'm going to listen to the Threads podcast. We're going to come with us when I get super Los intrigued. Angeles on the road and take it to let's go to Korea and do a tour oh my god I would do that in a heartbeat can you imagine <laughs> if it was like the Los Angeles like Korean medical oh tour and we're just getting all this stuff done to our faces yeah. I that's, would do that it. sounds fun sign okay. me up all right, guys. So that was our interview with Charlotte. Charlotte, thank you so much thank for coming. Thank you so on. much. I had so much fun. I feel like we covered so much ground. We did, and we still have <laughs> Not so much more to talk about. So we're gonna have to do a part two. <laughs> yes. in the new year. Please yeah. come back. We would love to yeah, have you, obviously. Love to. And thanks for just being so open and honest and 
I feel like this was such an informational episode that a lot of people are going to learn from. So totally. thank you. Yeah, thank you. thank you. Especially like I feel like as a founder of a, a multiple brands, people, I mean, they, you know, like to Steer keep, away. they like to keep secrets to themselves and you're just like so lovely. Aww, thank you for thank sharing you. your no, wisdom with I us. I love your podcast. Yay. I'm a big supporter and yeah, I can't wait to see it grow. Oh, you're so sweet. So just for everybody listening, where can they find you? And your brands. Yes. On Instagram. Yep. My personal, at Charlotte J. Cho. Okay, great. And then just then I'm at you.com and uh, Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You know where you can find us. We're on Instagram at Gloss underscore Angeles, Twitter at Gloss Angeles Pod. And, of course, find us on Facebook. Search Gloss Angeles and join our thriving Facebook group. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.